G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League's AFLW Fantasy Podcast. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays. How you going, mate? Good, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. A uh, bit of a shit weekend. I notice you are wearing a, uh, a Brisbane jumper. I am. Why are you wearing that? Oh, because you my, go for Essendon. My girls got over the line. <laughs> Your girls? Oh, you go for Brisbane in the women's comp, do you? Why not? Okay. Just, or you're just anti-Hef. Oh, bit of both. I wish I cared that much about your teams to, uh, Mainly to wear it. <laughs> to wear whoever beats well, I was tossing up. I've actually got a GWS game <laughs> too, but I might be able to wear that next week. Oh, that'd be next week's fun. I think the whole country's barracking against, G- against uh, Port Adelaide for that one. Uh, but it doesn't matter because that's men's. Who cares? We're talking about women's football here. Correct. So, yeah. But yeah, Brisbane did beat us mm-hmm. in the AFLW on the weekend. So Double not the a, pain. Not a great weekend to be Hef, that's for sure. But, you know, we'll live through it. The we'll Mighty Bombers are two and zip in the... Uh, AFLW too. Yeah, and we don't care about how the men's are going, so it doesn't matter. Correct. <laughs> so, got it right. Uh, how'd your team end up this week? A uh, bit average. Um, so, I scored 13.72, which I think was a little bit more than you this week. So, yep. we're basically back even, I reckon, now. I think I looked before. You're up by about seven points, I think. Okay. So, it's a pretty tight contest. Yep. Uh, I scored 13.40. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, brings me into a rank of 2,852nd. Do you want to hear my hard luck story of the week? Go for it. Nah, it's um, yeah, same as everyone. A lot of people think Paxi Paxman being a late out mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday afternoon. It was announced and then like, leaving you again with not, well, a bit to choose from, but not a lot in the, the line that I wanted to in the forward line. So yep. it was pretty tricky again. So um, we'll talk about, oh, actually, now we can talk about it now. So with this with this week, I left pretty much $1.2 million in the bank oh. this week. Right. With a little, because as it was as I was picking my team, I was sitting in the actual uh, supermarket uh, car park and mm. doing my weekly shopping, yep. listening to the Fremantle uh, Collingwood game yep. and just hearing Kiara Bowers just go absolutely nuts in her first game back. Yep. So I was like, nah, that's enough for me. Banked $1.2 million with a trade uh, with Paxi Paxman down to a rookie. Okay. So that's probably why my score is a bit lower this week. Right. But uh, yeah, with the intention of bringing Kiara Bowers in this week. But we'll talk about our trains, trades uh, later. Who was your star performer this week? Star performer this week was obviously Kate Hoare. Absolutely dominant uh, on Sunday afternoon, which had 84 points, I think, at uh, quarter time. Um, finished with, was it one, 130, uh, 142? So, huge game. Uh, probably one of the biggest quarters of fantasy football in the history of uh, the game, both men's and women's. So, she's easily my, my star performer. But uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, also my girl, Laura Gardner from the Swans. She is really going great guns. Uh, she turned up on the weekend, um, obviously a bit of a, a cheaper kind of option at the start of the season, but now she's up to yeah, just under a million dollars uh, in the forward line. But um, watching a bit of the Swans game on the weekend, she was excellent too. So they're my two tip of the caps for this week. What about you? Well, you stole the only probably two out of the three players that turned up for me. So I'm going to have to go with Ebony Marinoff. Uh, that's the only other one Just I've got. Just never here. puts in a up. bad game. No, she doesn't. And uh, yeah, I listen to. I've been listening to a lot of AFLW on the uh, radio. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, I think it's Wharf Radio and uh, Casey Radio, Casey Community Radio, mm. for covering so many uh, AFLW games because I've been uh, listening to them a lot because they're the only ones on the app. So well, they're probably giving a lot of people a good start in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Big callers. Yeah, absolutely. And like. You know, some of them, it's weird because some of them you can get on the KO, no worries, but you can't get radio coverage of them. Yep. And so, like, I'm do- a lot, doing a lot of things on the weekends at the moment. So, it's just like, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of radio. So, shout out to those uh, callers out there that have been providing me with the uh, the updates. Um, all right. So, yeah, Ebony Marinoff was my star performer. Who's your worst performer? I think the worst performer on the weekend was probably myself. Um, <laughs> I think I cost myself a few points this week and I'm, I'm a little bit upset about that. So, um 
I probably haven't quite figured out the exact strategy, I think. You know, in, in normal fantasy, um, whether it's like your salary cap or keeper leagues, you know, w- you can always kind of manage to get a, get a good emergency score or a loop, a captain loop or something yeah. like that. And um, I was kind of going in up until literally the last second I had the captaincy on Ed Marinoff and I was like, oh... Is that just being a bit too silly? Should I just put the vice captain on her and I'll just whack the captain on uh, Bree Davey? And obviously, there was probably about 27 points in in the difference there that I've left in the bank because I yep. just didn't back my gut in. Because when it came down to it, because I was really trying to get rid of some bad or bad scores off some of those other lines, I couldn't afford to just, you know, put in a, a zero and, and take a, an average score. So, I kind of lost a bit of points on, on that captaincy choice there. I just kind of wish I backed in my gut. But uh, so I'm giving myself a bit of a you know a thumbs down this weekend, just trying to get that strategy right. I had the I had the VC on Marinoff, so mm. I was considering taking it. But again, I don't want to bring a donut in because I think the cash gen is Correct. so precious. Correct. in this game, which is a whole different strategy. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really know the strategy yet. It's going to take me a good season of playing this game to actually work it out, which is. Probably like fitting that we should mention right here. If you're listening to this podcast for advice on AFLW, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> we got no idea what we're doing. We're just here like documenting our choices and our decisions and what we've observed on the weekend. But uh, yeah, probably not the best place to come to for advice. Um, but yeah, in, in a way, I guess. Uh, no, see, I, I had the captaincy on Georgie Prasparkas. I don't know if I can blame myself for that one because she probably should have done a bit better. But It's like Davey, Prasparkas, you know, yeah. some of them. Yeah. And that's what I've kind of found this week too. Like you go in one week going, all right, I've got my team sorted or whatever, whether it's in game day squad or whether it's here, you're like, it's good, good to go. Yeah. And then like some of these players just flip scores like, you know, yeah. nothing else. And then guys that you traded out last week, I should, or girls that you traded out last week, go bananas. It's yep. just really hard to, to get a good gauge just at the moment. Yeah, shout out to Bales who traded out Kate Hoare uh, this week Ouch. as well. So, yeah, I think that was to get Davey in the side. So, yeah, anyway, uh, my worst performer, yeah, not myself because I don't blame myself for my captain choices. I blame my players. Jordy <laughs> um, fault. Yeah, but Jordy Allen uh, is probably my uh, – she's she's dragging a bit at the moment. She's yeah. uh, not my my strongest performer defenders in general i've got a theory that i'll talk about in the trade uh trade options later on but mm-hmm. defenders in general at the moment it's they're few and far between the good ones yeah and i'm not sure if it's whether a line whether you should be chasing quality mm-hmm. or just let it rot because everyone else is rotten as well. well that's gonna come down to mine too i think my actual player that i want to put under the gun was sarah Goodwin. i backed her in after a, a slow week uh in week one but i think uh yeah i can't keep losing lots of points in defense so She'll probably be out this week, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. All right. We might throw over to the Marmalade boys right now and see what they were up to on the weekend. They might talk about their scores. They might talk about some of the shenanigans they got up to. I don't know, because every time we've thrown to them the last few weeks, something else has happened. So <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. They'll chop in whatever they do right now. Yes, thanks, Hef. I'm joined here today by Will Taylor. He's back from New Zealand. He wasn't available or around last week. Yes, feeling good, feeling good. Feeling more Sounding good, sounding like you have had a few beverages. Yeah, it's just a couple. The just last a couple. week. Um, did you catch much of the AFLW over in the NZ? Uh, you can be a, honest, be, be brutally honest. I caught a little bit of it. I You're watched, tuning into your fantasy team, I know that much. Yeah, I stick I stick true to my fantasy team. One thing I did catch, though, was uh, Ponta's massive goal that she kicked from... Pretty much at centre square. That's a good place to start it off because we're going to be talking about the biggest moments of the round in this segment. So the biggest moments that happened in round two. Um, we'll kick it off with Ponta's goal because I was there on Friday night. It was Friday night, sorry. Footy started on Thursday for the men, so it was just throwing my whole weekend out. Um, and it was freezing cold. It was like two degrees. There was hail forecasted, heavy winds at Icon Park, raining, raining. Um, 
and we're in the stands and everyone was like, there was maybe, I think there was a thousand people at the game and there was about 700 in a private function and inside and then 300 to brave the outdoor conditions. Gee whiz. A few long sleeves getting around. Um, the Hosking girls and uh, Anne Hatchard were rocking the long sleeves. And yeah, Danny Ponta, who minutes before the game, I actually had traded out of my fantasy team. Oh no. And driving to the game, we pulled up at a bit of uh, 5 p.m. Friday afternoon traffic and decided to reverse the trade because I'd rather watch the player live. Yes. Um, and it went out all right because she, I think she scored a 70 from memory. Yeah. Um, and kicked probably the greatest AFLW goal we've ever seen. Oh, mate, it was massive. Maybe even potentially the biggest goal we've ever seen ever in any format of the game. I reckon so. I reckon someone's got to pull out the day measure. Like, I know Malcolm Blight here is on the full, but like mm. that was impressive because we went down to the park yesterday and tried to recreate it. We went down to Vic Park and tried to recreate it, and we had no luck. Boy, oh, boy, I could not get anywhere near it. Um, which we put, put a video up on the Marmalade YouTube of that. And then after the game, we also went on the ground for kick to kick and tried to recreate it and got nowhere near it. So I don't know how she's done it um, because it is. it went maybe 100 metres mm. and, it, and it hit the fence. Like it didn't just roll or tickle over the line. It, it was hitting the fence at, at speed. But, yeah, she's taken it out of the middle, kicked from the middle of the ground, and, and it's bounced over the full forward and into the goals. It's some kind of magic that just sort of happens. It's impressive. Do you see it being goal of the year, or do you reckon there's something a bit more crafty would take it? Nothing's taking goal of the year off that. A 100-metre kick, you don't see that every day of the week. No, 100-metre kicks. For someone who's kicking torps every day trying to get the Fox for the longest kick, I can tell you 100-metre kicks that just don't exist. Um, in the Gold Coast game, it was pretty high scoring. I think they scored 99 points all up, almost cracked the ton. But uh, Jamie Stanton kicked six goals, and then our good mate Tara Bohana from the the AFL Captain's Day kicked four goals. Yeah, I think very instrumental by both, both the girls and Tara Bohana. Cool, calm operator, as we know, as we saw. So they combined for 10 snags up four, which is pretty impressive. Um, I'm pretty sure there was... Another goal kicker that kicked three. So that's 13 goals between their three forwards, which is just impressive. Um, especially like, I think we saw, was it Kangaroos? Kangaroos had 15 inside 50s for one scoring shot on the weekend. Jeez. So not as efficient. Like they were going at 7% efficiency. But Gold Coast is dominating. Every time the ball went inside 50, the girls just knew what to do with it and played some pretty impressive footy. So. And a player who was <laughs> instrumental, I think, in that game, as well as the goal kickers, Charlie Robot. Well, that's exactly it. We see it with the, the good teams in the men's comp. Collingwood, Melbourne have very good midfielders, good ball users, always hit up the full forwards. So, yeah, Charlie Robot had, had it on a string and was just hitting Tara and Jamie up forward just so clean. So that was an impressive. Just seeing the, the powerhouse forwards and just, like, you know, big bags of goals being kicked for a sport that we often, for years, were seeing such low scoring, just being able to see, like, a dominant full forward take control of a game, so... Absolutely. That's what you want to see coming through the ranks of AFLW. On the Sunday, there was Collingwood and Fremantle playing at Vic Park, a location we've been visiting lots of lately to film a lot of content. Very much. Uh, we went there yesterday, and they still had a lot of the signage up and the paint down on the oval. They're playing another game there this week, so just good to see Vic Park back in action. Um, but Kiara Bowers back in for round two, didn't play round one, had the 17 tackles in the game. Mate, she was a powerhouse. She's she's scary. Very scary. Just tackling machine. I'm a bit I'm a bit upset I didn't have her in my fantasy this week, but I don't think a lot of people did because she missed round one. A lot of people traded her out. So 
interesting to see how many people had her in. I should check the percentages, but yeah, tackle beast. And the, the game style sort of suited. It wasn't really too wet, but it was just, it was a little bit scrappy because I think there was a bit of dew on the surface. So yeah, there was plenty of tackles to be had. Um, and then we also had footy return to Windy Hill on Sunday with the St Kilda Essen game. So the first time it's been back at Windy Hill in ages, they did the ground up a little bit and pretty special day. And I know a lot of um, Essen and Faithfuls came down for that one. So that was impressive to see. Uh, we might have to go down and check out a game at Windy Hill soon. But then Sunday, the late game, it started at 5pm. And I remember the UFC had just finished and, and it was sort of was the, the only thing on TV. There's no men's footy this weekend on the Sunday. No. So we had the AFL triple header and Kate Hoare opened up for Melbourne in the first quarter with three goals, uh, 13 touches, three tackles, 84 fantasy points. Crazy. In one quarter of footy. And she had another shot on goal just as the siren rang. So she could have had four goals, but... Crazy numbers. Very crazy numbers. She ended up with five goals too. So another dominant display up forward. I think in the Brisbane game, there was a... Four, a bag of four in the Gold Coast game we had the bag of six and then in the Melbourne game we had the bag of five so some big big forwards taking control of the games this week mate it was a four dominated week in general but reminds me a bit of uh, when I come out to watch you play at Geelong West yes yeah, just kick it on my head and <laughs> I'll just do the rest boys <laughs> just put it out in front the old Tony Lockett days yes yeah, just put it on my tits and pl- plug a Taylor <laughs> yeah absolutely alright back to you Hef hopefully uh, hopefully your team's going alright you all right, let's get into uh, some of the best performers of the week. We'll go through the top five scorers of the week. Now, last week, I gave uh, people the heads up that Carlton were an easy team to score against. And our two North Melbourne girls did us uh, a lot of favours last week, putting up, uh, that's Jasmine Garner and Ash Riddle, putting up 156 and 151 points uh, between them. You didn't see this game? I assume you're watching the Bombers. I was. Yes. Well, I listened, I listened to this. Uh, as I was riding my bike. I rode my bike to Salisbury for some reason. I don't know why. What? <laughs> I basically followed a path, like a uh, bike path. Is that the one that goes along the expressway? Yeah, yeah. I followed the bike wow. path just as long as I could and I just ended up in Salisbury. And then I realised I was in Salisbury. If you don't know where Salisbury is uh, in South Australia, it's not the most favourable suburb, suburb in the world. Realised I was in Salisbury and I was like, all right, I'll turn around now. I'm going home pretty quick. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I listened to this game and these two were just on top. So Carlton didn't score until the last quarter. They only mm. kicked one goal. So they just absolutely dominated, led by these two in the midfield. And I'm finding it pretty hard to split them. Like North Melbourne, mm. they got a very dominant, like they're going to be a very good side this year. They could even be like top, you know, two or three sides in the competition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these two are going to carry the team all year. So if you've got either of these people, uh, these players in your team, you're going to dominate, don't yeah. you? Oh, totally. Like, um, I think I kind of said it last week, but I reckon Jasmine Garner is my favourite player in the in the comp at the moment. She just has it all. So classy. Um, which have 38 touches on the weekend with 10 tackles and a goal. Like, that is a an amazing game for 156 points. And obviously, um, yeah, with, with, with Ash Riddle in there, uh, they are an unstoppable duo for the Roos. Now, I picked up or well, I unpacked a uh, diamond Ash Riddle on the weekend in wow. Game Day Squad. Sold it for 50 bucks. Not sure if that's overs or unders. The prices are really high. Yeah, in, that's what uh, I thought. Women's game day score. I wanted to make the sale though. Like I didn't want it to linger there for ages. So mm-hmm. I wanted to start actually building a good team. So I thought $50 uh, reasonable mm-hmm. and it sold. So I've actually picked up now a silver Ash Riddle and a silver Jasmine Garner with that. Wow, made. your so team will be strong this starting week. To, starting to get there now. But anyway, uh, the other player that I've got here on the list, well, a few more, but Charlie Rowbottom yep. 
is having an absolute uh, magical start to this season. Looking at her player numbers, though, so she is averaging 120 from her last three games and 110 from her last five. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not. It's like this goes into last year's mm-hmm. numbers as well. Like she's absolutely dominating yep. at the moment, leading that Gold Coast midfield. Um, again, like an absolute pasting. They were in, uh, they got they had West Coast this week, mm-hmm. absolutely flogged them. So that helped as well. But she's a player I've really got my eye on too. Totally. As I said last week, if you were starting up a, a keeper league, she'd be round one for sure. And I also unpacked a silver version of her this week. Dominating. <laughs> are you even going to have enough salary cap for uh, Classic? Or you have to go with the Literally, as you got here, I was working out how to try to fit all these players in. Because I don't have enough, like, I don't have enough bronzes or like yeah silvers like to fill my team, so I have to fill mm-hmm. them with gold and stuff, and it's actually hard to get all the silvers yeah, in. It is. Uh, all right, Kate Hoare, you saw this game. Yep. What happened? Just kicked. I think it was three goals in the first quarter, maybe fourteen touches. So I said eighty-four points at quarter time, and then they just kind of hit the lead and just kept going uh, the days. But um, you know she's taken over the captaincy from Daisy Pierce and is just absolutely on another level. Like you know playing a lot more forward than probably midfield. But when she goes in the in the midfield, she just racks them up, and when she gets forward, she just is a, a pretty good shot at goal and uh, knows where the big sticks are. So yeah, she's uh, in super form. Uh, feel for anyone who traded her out last week but uh, yeah I think she established herself as one of the primo forwards of the comp Bales sorry again mate um, and probably one of the biggest stories in terms of fantasy for the week was the return of Kiara Bowers after screwing everyone over yep. in round one uh, if you held her like some people did I saw on the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. well done uh, returned with a 137 point game but absolute monster and she was on track to break her own tackle record which I believe is 22 tackles in mm-hmm. a game yep. and I think she had something like 11 in the first quarter or something like that yeah it was ridiculous it was, ridiculous. It was, but it was huge but yeah good to see her return and you just kind of it just kind of emphasizes how big the tackle numbers mm-hmm. are like most of the players here yeah every player except for one here Kate Hoare had over 10 tackles in this game and Kate Hoare kicked some goals so that was probably the difference between her scoring yep. and everyone else but yeah absolute tackling beast and because, like, this is... I never watched her play before, before, like, this weekend. I didn't actually mm-hmm. watch it this weekend. Again, just listen to it on the radio. But just... Uh, and I've seen highlights since. But, yeah, just, like, this... She seemed like the superstar of the competition. Mm-hmm. And it was just awesome to just see her in action. Oh, she's an absolute tackling beast. Like, yeah. she just wants that footy so badly. Uh, my kind of question is, you know, there's a bit of chat on Twitter about, like, what can I do to bring in Bowers this week? And, you know, I've got to get Bowers, got to get Bowers. I'm, I'm still not quite... Sh- sold on that like if you can do it great but I wouldn't necessarily be scooping like, like on other areas like you know uh, Jasmine Garner's uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars cheaper I know she, you know she's averaging more like yeah. it's only it's only one point and but my, my question with Bowers is like she's so heavily reliant on tackle numbers from you know looking at some stats like does she have a heap of upside with possessions that's probably my big question and you know I know she's put up some monster scores last year and you know obviously when you land 22 tackles you're going to get a good score but you know where does the upside come um, you know with with possessions is she going to find you know another five more and be worth that extra money I, I don't know it's not it's not about being worth it's the consistency you're paying for so she's averaging 151 from her last five and like that's the kind of number she puts up. We've got to remember the first half of her last season was like hampered with no preseason and stuff like that. And she still absolutely beasted it last year. I think what you're paying for, like if you look at the the North Melbourne girls, they came up against Carlton. You might not see scores that big each yeah. week, even though they did it the week before. But I think they had an easy match out the week before that too. So yeah, like I think what you're paying for is the consistency. Like I found it hard already to find a captain option each week. Yeah. I think that's what you're paying for and mm-hmm. you're kind of guaranteed 
a pretty safe option there, yep. which is nice to have. So, surprise, surprise, she's in my trade plans this week. But uh, we'll talk about some of the uh, underpriced players that perform well this week. So, again, like, I don't know the competition well enough <laughs> to actually pick players out. So, I'm just going for, like, the best, uh, most, what do you call it, points per dollar, mm-hmm. essentially. So, let's have a look at some of these players. So, Tiana Smith, uh, 77 points. Now, I know about her because I think on the AFLW, the official AFLW fantasy podcast, they were saying she was one of the locks of the preseason um, mm-hmm. if she was fit. So she did an ACL last week. Um, but this is kind of what we expected last week. But I guess with having a ACL injury, she's probably slow to come back. But yep. yeah, she's just primed for a breakout. I think she was pick six and yeah, one of the Saints like most you know shining hopes type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it really feels like it might be a breakout season for her. And it was just good to see her put up a pretty respectable score on the weekend with a 77. Yeah, obviously watching the, they played the Bombers. Um, and was there a big crowd? Because I switched over to that on the radio and it sounded huge. Yeah, Windy Hill. It was Yeah. Because, you know, that's probably one of the first games back at Windy yeah, Hill so for ages. Got around so, um, you yeah, so everyone know, And for those who know where Windy Hill is, it's quite, you know, right in suburban Essendon. So, um, yeah, be a really good spot to watch watch footy. So, um, and obviously Essendon going pretty well. But look, uh, Essendon were in control most of the game, especially with like um, uh, Matty Prasparkas and all that running amok in the, in the midfield. Um, but yeah, look... Um, uh, from what Tyna Smith did, kind of in a you know second game back from from an injury, um, she played pretty solidly. Yeah, she was, um, well, yeah, from what I heard, she was pretty good. Um, Grace Campbell from Collingwood had seventy five points. She's another like there's so many mature age rec- recruits I've noticed running around. So mm. like a lot of the de- debutants and first year players, or not even just first year players, like players coming from other clubs or have taken years off for whatever reason, yep. uh, the real flavour. And I think they, I heard something as well about the draft because there was a two drafts in one year or something, all the good mm-hmm. young players were snapped up or something. So a lot of the second draft players were mature age players. And I think they raised the draft age this year as well. So more older players could um, jump on as well. So yeah, we just seen a lot of mature age ones, but Grace Campbell was another one, 75 points. She was playing a mid forward role. I think she had a couple CBAs in there. Um, but yeah, she had three years for North Melbourne at VFL, W level. And she was a gun uh, before that as well. So yeah, she might see her pop up in the last few weeks. While we're on the topic, there's actually CBA numbers, projections and averages for or, sorry, averages against uh, by position on the website at the moment. So if anyone nice. wants to see those, just post them on Twitter then. But if anyone wants to see those, they're up there now. But yeah, Grace Campbell, uh, good performance. Um, the next one was Jessica Sedunnery, uh for West Coast. Defender. She's an experienced player. I didn't realise this, but I think she played in the Crows' first grand final. So yeah. she's been around for a while. I think she's like 32 years old, but she was bargain basement price. So she must have been right down or injured or whatever last season. And she had nine um, nine tackles in defence. And she's only priced at 447k. So mature age player. And a team that got smashed as well. Mm-hmm. Like the ball was down there a lot, but still that sometimes it's hard to get your hands on the on the ball as like a halfback flanker rebounding defender type thing. So she's one I got my eye on um, but just because, yeah, mature age she's kind of you know built for the game and Jaden Papowski put out some break even numbers last week I don't know if he'll do it again this week but I suspect she'll be quite low for the cash generation as well Mm -hmm. so another one I like there um, Harriet Corner, she was mentioned last week, but she had 94 points. Um, nine possessions in defence. I think she's a key defender, but she's just taking lots of marks in defence. Yeah, well, it's obviously down there a yeah. bit for Carlton at the moment. Yeah. I think, uh, obviously, she's jumped up massively in price, but uh, for my side, which we'll allude to a little bit later, I think I've got to get her in because I need a, a really consistent scoring backman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she'd be want to be chasing. Like, she's one on the, again, on the AFLW show, uh, AFLW fantasy show. They were a bit 
cagey on given she's a, a taller defender. I think she's the one. But, um, yeah, she's putting the points up at the moment. And Christy Stratton's the last underpriced one I'm going to talk about. 72 points. I think she was another mature, another mature age crew. Mm-hmm. I think she used to be on Richmond's list yep. or something like that. Um, but, yeah, forward uh, forward last week and only scored 49 points. She had the biggest bump in centre bounce attendances this week. So she was up to 80% this week after not seeing one last week. So big watch if she's playing midfield because she's priced at 526k now as well. All right, yes, back with Will Taylor. We're going to be chatting a little bit about our personal teams. We spoke earlier about some of the highlights of the round footy-wise, but now we're talking fantasy-wise. How's your fantasy team looking after two rounds? Well, I'm currently ninth in my own league. I think you say ninth overall for a second there. No. So overall ranking, I'm 5,649th. That's pretty good. I'm in the 9,800 range, so I think my season might be over already (laughs) after round two. Look, this is my first year of doing AFL fantasy. I've very much been a super coach man in the past, but I jumped on board when AFLW had a fantasy comp. Big standouts. Uh, Bree Davia had the captaincy on her. She got 196. Uh, Eb Marinoff, 125. Anne Hatchard, 97. Mon Conti, 94. And then we moved down forward. And two powerhouse Sydney forwards in the names of Laura Gardner and Chloe Malloy. Very um, heavily selected as well. I know a lot of the teams high up in the rankings have got Gardner and Malloy. I've had a look through some of the top 100. Laura Gardner used to play at my local club and I knew that she was a quite a dominant footballer. So when she made the move from Geelong to Sydney, I thought, geez, got to snag her up early before the price rises. The, um, the standout for me be, has, this season has been Ali Morfitt. Um, and if you listen back to episode one of this pod, we went and interviewed a couple of the captains at Marvel Stadium. And Chloe Malloy, the new captain at Sydney, has told us that Ali Morfitt in the ruck is going to be a gun, plays as a bit of a midfielder, but also gets a lot of hit outs. And she's gone 86 round one into 94 round two, had averaging like 28 hit outs and 15 touches. So You know the other players she said? Laura Gardner. Laura Gardner. So Chloe Malloy was bang on the money there in terms of like giving us some insight Information. Ali Morford started the year at only 4% selected. She's now up to 6% selected. So, yeah, a bit of a unique, I guess, in a sense that Chloe Malloy was so hot in her. We gave the information out. I was pretty happy that I jumped on board with Chloe Malloy's advice there. Um, Check, man, what's your team looking like at the moment? Terrible, terrible. I don't want to talk about it. My defence, <laughs> both weeks, is averaging about 20 points. I had um, Yasmin Dersma on field for four points, and then my emergency played but didn't get on the field and scored zero so oh no so yeah i was um down back struggling i also started the year with libby birch and invested a lot of money into her and i was going to trade her out last week she had a pretty average week first week and i realized defenders isn't where you want to have all your cash they're not really scoring that well Mm. and then i went to melbourne football club's open training on wednesday and bumped into libby birch and had a good chat to her and she sort of recognized us for some of the div 12 stuff and I thought, I can't trade her out because she's been too nice to me. Too nice. Um, and I left her in and it's, and it's, and it's not paid dividends. <laughs> um, we also, just something to flag is like the price rises. I can't believe how much players are going up and down in price. I guess it's only a 10-game season. But like Mariana Anthony from Carlton has gone up $416,000 in the first two weeks. Gee whiz, that is so crazy like, numbers. If there is a rookie that plays and is like on the rise, you really have to like jump on them week one. Like mm. if, you, if you, in the men's game, you sort of wait, wait like two, three weeks, see if they keep their spot on the team. But like 
400k is ridiculous. Like a 300k player is now almost at a million. Like we'll be at a million dollars next week. That's nuts. I think the touching on her again. The only player that's ro- rose heaps in price for me is Laura Garner. I think she's risen up 350k. That's crazy numbers for two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it's making it real hard um, because I'm running out of cash. I guess to sort of, I've lost a bit of cash down back. Yeah, and, and it's and it's too late now for me to downgrade and find anyone because all the all the rookies have played two weeks and gone up a couple hundred k anyway. So start the year with a primo like Libby Birch, she's dropped down to a mid price range, and the rookies are already past the mid price range. So for me to upgrade to a rookie is is going to cost me money. Like it's an upgrade, it's not a downgrade to a rookie. Um, so I'm in in two minds here where I probably just keep Libby Birch and hope she comes good, but making things hard. Um, and being a ten game season, like you got to be quick on it. It's tough. It is tough. Tough out here. Any trade plans for this week? And like you said, looking to potentially upgrade the back line, I think. Um, There's not much to upgrade to. I looked at the... They've got midfielders averaging high 90s. We've got forwards averaging high 80s to high 90s. Mm. But down back, like, there's a lot of, like, 60, 70 averaging players there in the primo range. So I'm almost in, two, like, in a mind where I would downgrade all my backs and spend the cash elsewhere. Yeah. But... Can make it tough. The defense is making it tough. We need defenders to pull their finger out this week a little bit, take a few, few clunks, um, and 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 win win back some brownie points. I reckon there will be some good matchups with teams coming up this week, where hopefully it can be a bit of a battle of the defenders back and forth. Yeah, we need some, we need some uncontested grabs down back, some some intercept marking, rack up a few points. But at the moment, the scores just aren't there for us. They're not seeing much of the ball and the. Once the ball hits forward 50, it's sort of just going straight on the scoreboard. So, mm. Anyways, back to you, Hef. Hopefully you've got some good insight and we can listen to what you have to say. Probably you've been, been studying the stats a little bit more than us and we might be able to grab a few defenders that we can trade in this week. All right, on to the captains this week, Case. I'm, gonna, I'm about to toot my own horn. Is that okay? Toot, toot. <laughs> well, last week, last week I said I wasn't happy with my captains. I did get a few decent ones in there. But this week, my top three captain suggestions last week were Kiara Bowers, Ash Riddle, and Jasmine Garner. So, Kiara Bowers, 137, so you wouldn't sneeze at that if you had her. Ash Riddle, 151, and Jasmine Garner had 156. So, if you made either of those three captains, a few people have actually tweeted me saying they did, which was nice. But, uh, yeah, they were absolute superstars on the weekend. Jeez, I hope that they do a, um, you know... Uh, Twitter poll for you know the most popular you know AFL fantasy well, you women's don't listen, person. You don't listen to any other AFL fantasy podcast, do you? No. But uh, you don't even listen to this one. You don't listen to any AFL fantasy podcast. No. But there was a big war all year about who was the best captain picker in AFL fantasy land because right. um, Jaden Papowski was quite good. I think there was another podcast that was doing pretty well, and then Calvin was probably the worst this year. So mm-hmm. and everyone was going against Calvin, ganging up on him because all these other upstarts had come around. So there might be a few in the um, AFLW rank. Are you considering through. yourself in that? Are you a captain predictor? Oh, I'm a projection guy, but like a lot of the time, mine end up very similar to Jaden's because I think we use kind of similar formulas. So right. it's not really. I don't do anything with my head. I just use data and numbers and yeah, yeah boring computers make boring. it do it for me. Boring, work it out for me. But um, let's. Oh, speaking of computers working things out, let's talk about some captains for this week. Um, Kiara Bowers is back at number one. So I've actually got a projected for 157 this wow. week. <laughs> it's just like, look at it. She returns like from yeah. with, with a bit sore. Scores 137. Um, last time she played against Hawthorns, that was a 
games she scored 184 points in it because it's at Fremantle Oval as well. She's averaging 100. Sorry, she scored 184 uh, there last time as well. So averaging 151 at the venue from her last three games there too. So everything is just yeah lining up for her this weekend. So she's definitely number one. Um, Charlie Robottom I'm going to back in again just given that last five average of 110 comes up against Collingwood who aren't the easiest play, uh, team for midfield mm-hmm. but I think just yeah given that she yeah like I said averaging 110 from her last five like that form is real no matter who she's playing so. it's going to be tough obviously with like Davy and um, yeah. Benici and all that in the midfield but yeah, uh, yeah she can score well um, definitely you know, kind of uh, consolidate her credentials as a gun. The next one I've got in there is Kate Hoare after last week's performance. So, it might seem like a bit of a, a hype train type thing, but looking at the numbers, uh, Western Bulldogs are one of the easiest teams for forwards to play against, uh, I believe. Oh, maybe I'm... No, sorry. Mid forwards to play against it was. So, or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, anyway, I think... Now he's just making up data. <laughs> yeah, no, the, no, sorry, it was midfielders. Midfielders. So if she goes into the midfield, she should go right. Plus, I think it's not the worst matchup for forwards um, as well. So that's another one that she should go okay. Um, Emma Swanson, she faces the juicy Carlton matchup this mm-hmm. week where basically anyone that comes up against uh, Carlton is like head and shoulders averaging way more than they were. So... um. Yeah, that's another one there. So I know she disappointed us last week and she was actually my captain. Uh, I think she was my fifth ranked captain last week and only scored 83. But yeah, she should get the Carlton bump as I'm starting to cool. call it there. Carlton bump. Yep. And slotting at number five is uh, she's my VC at the moment. That's Ebony Marinoff. Uh, comes up against Essendon, uh, who she hasn't actually played before, but she's just in you know cracking form at the moment. Uh, doesn't mind... Um, Unley Oval or Wigan Oval, I think it's called these days. Um, averages 99 from her last uh, three appearances there. So she goes all right on that deck as well. And uh, yeah, she's also averaging 104.3 from her last three, two. All right, we'll wrap the show up, Kays. Uh, before we go, though, what are your trade plans for this week? Well, I want to fix up my back line. It is uh, pretty stinky. So I'm going to get rid of uh, Sarah, Goodson, get, Sarah Goodwin and uh, I think Serene Watson. So they're out. And to make a bit of cash, I'm going to get rid of Matilda Shoals in Ruck as well. Oh, uh, I suppose you've got a you've got a gun in the Ruck, don't I've you? I've got, uh, yeah, Edmonds in the Ruck and I can bring Davies into the, the backup Ruck there. So that's just a bit of cash gen for me uh so i'm going to bring in uh cordner i don't want to i think she's proving that she's consistent like uh she's playing a lot of game time uh was uh 94 and 95 tog 74 and 94 where a lot have been our last two scores it's obviously spending a lot of time in that carlton defense so i'm going to bring her in i'm also going to bring in uh west coast defender charlotte thomas now she's dropped 164k in value this year um had a bad game against the Dockers at the start where she scored 36, uh, but only played 60% TOG. Worked her up to 78% TOG against uh, the Suns last week with a 58. And she plays the Blues this week. So I'm going to get on the back of the, you know, pick people against Carlton thing. Yep. And then just a uh, 300K I'm bringing in the Hawthorne forward uh, Mattia Breed, who um, has 
done some good things at VFL level, um, still quite young. Um, so I think there's some upside there, but really just someone who I thought can plug and play, but we can kind of leave that uh, last minute until, you know, Friday morning. Yeah, I've heard that name floating around a bit, so it might be all right. Um, what I'm doing, uh, no, I've kind of alluded to it already earlier in the podcast. Uh, I'm trading out Nanscorn early. And then I'm going to bring Kiara Bowers in for her. So I have that war chest in the bank with 1.2 mil. That gets me up to Bowers there. Question for you. Yeah. If we, me or anyone else doesn't bring in a Bowers, are we going to be so far behind? I think so. Yeah. I think you're fucked for the rest of the season. Like, because everyone's going to, a lot of people are going to have her and I can't see her being shit. Like, Mm. I can't see her going under like 120 every game. Which is like we've already seen captains fluctuate this yeah. year. So mm. I think you might battle if you don't have her uh, going forward. And I think a lot of people that are a lot more knowledgeable about this game than I am are also chasing her this week as well. I've seen things like how do we get her in? It's time to start planning. Um, but yeah, on my defender theory, my defenders suck as well. But I'm just going to let them rock. I think everyone's defenders suck. So I'm actually going to trade out Jordy Allen and I'm going to go down to Jessica Sedunary. Sedunary um, get that experience in there because she's might put up the same numbers that uh, Jordy Allen is back there in that defense, especially if West Coast are going to be seeing a fair bit of the footy down there. And Sinead Davis got uh, injured on the weekend, I think. So if she doesn't pull up, I'm probably going to bring in Christy Stratton uh, mm-hmm. to see if that midfield's role is real. So like in... In the AFL M, I always stuff up like when I'm going really well. I think this year I was like ranked 1200th. And when the rap came in, I was like, no, I'll just give it, you know, a few weeks to see how he goes. And you just missed the boat. Mm. So I, when, you, when I just needed to jump, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. So I'm going to do the same on Stratton and just pray that she keeps that midfield role going. Well, I brought in, uh, was it Neve Kelly last week? So that was a nice little yeah. up. She scored well and Brie Day yeah. was okay. Um, so, yeah, look, I think the trades are going okay. I was going to bring in Kelly, but I went Gardner in the end and I'm not uh, disappointed. Mm. So, it's all good. Anyways, that uh, wraps up the show for another week. Uh, thanks, Kays, for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure. I uh, hope you do terribly on the weekend and I overtake you in the ranks. That's probably going to happen. <laughs> See you, people. Bye.